Remember the days when all you had to do was go home, do your homework, and watch your favorite cartoon? Yeah, I remember my childhood. Do you remember yours? Well, you know what time it is. It's time for another cup of English and coffee. Or should I say, another podcast. Well, you know what I mean. Let's go. So to start things off, let's see here. Um, what did I get into today? I had an interesting situation. I was out there fishing, like usual, as per usual as I do on Saturdays, every Saturday. Haven't missed a Saturday yet. Uh, when the year's over, I'll have gone... I don't know, at least 52 times, because there's at least uh, 52 weeks in a year, so one Saturday a month, well, not a month, but a week, here, give or take a few, because sometimes I used to go Saturday and Sunday, so whatever, I fish a lot, but you know that, but what I wanted to talk about, um, not the whole podcast, but just this intro here, uh, there was a little kid out there today while I was fishing, it was interesting, because I was getting ready to go, it was about 6.30, right? I don't like to be out there all day because I had about an hour, hour 15 uh, drive back to Greenville. I was out there, this little kid comes up to me and he just starts chatting it up. He's asking, what are you doing? What are you using? And he was using this little budget reel. Somebody gave him a little cheap line. You know, he was just fishing. He had a little cork bobber on and a worm and a hook. You know, just simple, keeping it simple. So I said, you know what? I think today I'm going to record a podcast about my childhood and uh, just give you some uh, colloquial expressions and things like that in in my storytelling just how my childhood was when I grew up uh, but that kid um, he gave me an idea so I said I think I'll share that today another note uh, let's see did I catch anything As soon as I got there second cast I had a flounder on I could tell it was legit it was legal size but I rushed it I forced it I didn't grab my net you know just trying to get it in you know, first two casts, you're not even expecting to catch anything. And next thing you know, good 16, 17-inch flounder was on my line. And she got off, but it is what it is. Uh, other than that, this week's been pretty laid back. Went to work. Supervisor took off Friday. They're going to be gone Monday and Tuesday as well, so they won't be back until Wednesday. So I don't have anybody breathing down my back. Not that they breathe down my back, but just, you know, it's just nice to be able to just go to work, go home take that three-hour break or whatever, do what you need to do, get your work done. As long as your stuff's done, no big deal. Every now and then it works out that way. Uh, I heard from my sister, uh, let's see, she's preparing for her birthday. Um, not going to give her age, but uh, <laughs> she's preparing for her birthday, so she's excited. I think she's going to take a trip with her husband. Um, I don't know where they're going. She told me where they're going. It's some place in Spain. Don't give me the line. I wouldn't even nowhere to begin to talk about it but she's excited about it um i have a birthday this month as well do you know when my birthday is i don't know if i've ever told you Mm-hmm. a little trivia for you can you guess when my birthday is i'll tell you that it's in this month it's coming up soon um but other than that uh i think we'll go ahead and get into the podcast i don't think anybody else slammed in my car or anything like that so all's well um yeah today we're going to talk about uh, some of the memories I have from my childhood and um, might not be what you expect. Okay, so most of you are probably thinking um, my childhood was spent growing up in the United States. Uh, 
Well, I was born in the United States, but the majority of my childhood was spent growing up in Okinawa. Okinawa, Japan, it's a military base, or it was, well, primarily a military base. Um, Marines, they had seven bases over there. You had Camp Kadena, Camp Courtney, Camp Swap, um, Camp Kinzer, I don't know if I said Fatima, Camp Hansen, and Camp Lester. So there were several camps. I think one of them was an Air Force base. That was uh, Camp Kadena. That was the biggest base. But I lived on Camp Kinzer. And I went to Kinzer Elementary School. It was a uh, Dodd School, Department of Defense School. Uh, so it wasn't your basic average public school that you would see in America. You know, if you were to go to New York or Chicago or any place like that. This was a military school. Uh, well, school for uh, dependents of military parents. So my dad was in the service in the Marines. I went to uh, Kinzer Elementary School, and the teachers there, uh, I'll say, were probably some of the best. I mean, of course, I was in Okinawa, so we had a teacher teaching us Japanese, and she was Japanese, so you're going to get, like, the ultimate <laughs> Japanese uh, instructor, right? Uh, the math teachers there, they had Asian math teachers. I mean, they're number one in math, so, I mean, it's like you had the best of the best. Um, if you were taking French, then you had a French teacher teaching you French. If you're taking Spanish, you had a Spanish person teaching you Spanish. Um, it's a big difference than here in the States where you could have somebody from Kansas trying to teach you French, which makes no sense to me, but it's neither here nor there. Um, school was good. I got pretty decent grades, I would say. Um, didn't have too much trouble. I made a lot of friends. Um, over there, everybody's just connected, I mean, because everybody lived in uh, towers. I lived in um, 867. It was an old, not an old tower, but it was a tower. I think it had like nine floors, and that's how they housed all the uh, military dependents over there. You could get a house off base or something like that, but um, most people just lived on base, and we lived in towers. So we had about, I don't know, 14, 15 different towers. Um, I couldn't even tell you how high they were, but I know whenever we would have typhoons because that was the inclement weather over there we would have typhoons the towers would sway so I think they were built for the weather built for the location and all that rain and things like that would happen but it never affected us on base because you know military built it so they built it built to last you know like Ford Tough or something like that but whenever you would go downtown like it would be destroyed not all the way destroyed but like little shacks and huts and stuff that the the locals lived in would just be blown to smithereens, but everything on base, I mean, nothing ever got damaged. Um, I want to say one time I remember we had an earthquake, but I mean, it wasn't uh, nothing too serious because, you know, we were in the best of buildings. So let's see, um, what did I do as a child? Uh, karate was my thing. I used to watch a lot of uh, martial arts films, uh, you know, Bruce Lee, Chuck Norris, uh, Billy Blanks couple of people like that, but um, I was really into those old school kung fu movies. Um, Fury and Shaolin, uh, I can't even think of the names, but Gordon, I think Gordon Liu or Gordon Lee. If you know kung fu movies, you'll know who that is. He was the guy in Kill Bill who made a cameo in there. But um, I used to watch that. I used to watch Power Rangers, but I watched it in Japanese, which is the best way to watch it. You don't want to watch Power Rangers in English. It just doesn't make sense. It was a Japanese show. You need to watch it in its original language. Um, 
I used to watch Dragon Ball Z. Every now and then I'll still watch Dragon Ball Z. I mean, it's a good show. Anime. I wasn't really into the hardcore anime um, that people watch now. You know, Ninja Scroll and things like that. But Dragon Ball, um, they had this guy named uh, Thadimon. I would watch that. So I spent a lot of time, you know, just absorbing Asian culture, Japanese culture, watching things like that on base because they didn't really show any American shows over there in, uh, on base because we didn't have cable. So, of course, you had your little Sanford and Son, uh, Silver Spoons, different strokes. Uh, we had like three American channels and the rest was just Japanese TV. So, I mean, you had like a mixed bag. Um, one of the interesting things about uh, my school and then growing up on a military base overseas was that you had people from all over the world. Um, most of the kids were, uh, shoot, Asian, uh, Filipino from Guam. I mean, everybody was mixed. I mean, it was just a mixed bag, you know, so I never had any problem meeting with different people, you know, from different cultures. Uh, they come in, you know, people trading lunch. So you might trade somebody a sandwich for a rice ball or some lumpia. Um, you know, when they had a little parent teacher days or whatever, they bring in food, you know, for the kids. It's just a mixed bag. So that's one of the benefits I would say about growing up in Okinawa is that you were exposed to a lot of different cultures versus here in the States. When I got to the States, I was here in high school. Everybody was segregated, so to speak. You had all the black people over here. You had all the Asian people over here. You had all the white people over here. But in Okinawa, I mean, I'm just used to hanging with everybody. It doesn't matter what you look like, where you're from. We all hung together. Um, but back to my karate, that was my thing. Uh, like I said, I used to watch a lot of shows, and I'd be trying to beat my dad up every chance I had, you know, jumping out behind the couch, kicking him in the back. Now that I'm older, I, I realize what a patient man uh, he, he was being at that time because, um, yeah, if somebody just jumped, kicked me in the back, I'd be ready to say something. I mean, it would be a short story for real. But they put me in a karate class. I ended up getting all the way up to a, um, a black belt. Uh, now, mine, yeah, was probably... I don't know, 12, 13 years old, um, but it was a it was still a black belt. I went through the belts. I went through the, I uh, had the white belt. Then you had the uh, green belt. You had the 4Q, 5Q, and I think the 6, no, 4Q, 5Q, green belt. Then you had the brown belt, which was a 3Q and a 2Q, I want to say. And then you went to the, um, the junior black belt, which had a uh, black stripe. Now, I think when you turn 16, then you can flip the belt over and then have the paint, uh, the plain black. Um, but we got to use weapons. I still have my weapons. I had a bow, a size. I learned how to use size. You had to do your katas with the size and the bows. And commas was the last weapon I was working on. But, you know, I left before I got to finish it. But um, we used to do testing over there. You would have to train, you know, in the dojo. And then when you went for your... Uh, test you would do it off base so you went to the uh, master fusei kisei was my sensei he was a top dog he was a red belt uh, of the style of the white uh, white crane uh, shonru uh, karate um, it was awesome made a lot of friends uh, one that stands out was um, Kopi she uh, she was in my class I think I maybe met her in fourth grade she lived in the same tower I did and we would walk to um, karate together and back and forth but I think I'll take a break right here and then we'll talk a little bit more about 
my little, I don't know if you want to say crush or my little friend, um, I don't know. We'll define that when we come back. So as I was saying, um, Kopi was my friend. Um, she was, I don't know, one of those girls at school where, you know, she, I remember one day we were walking and she fell and scraped her knee. And instead of being like, ow, oh, you know, my knee, she was like, my mom's going to kill me. Because I guess her parents were very strict. They wanted her to be perfect. You know, she made straight A's, did everything right. Um, she wore glasses. They had her hair in pigtails. Um, looking back, I mean, they could have been a little more uh, free with her or whatever, you know, just not so strict. Because when parents are hard on their kids like that, I mean, they end up with problems later. But, I mean, I was a kid. She was a kid. So it is what it is. But I remember um, <clears throat> there was a couple situations where, you know, we would do things together. And you didn't really know if you liked somebody because at that time, I mean, I wasn't even thinking about it. You just did things with people. Um, we went to a movie. I think we had pizza. Of course, our parents took us to the movie. And it was just me and her sitting there eating pizza. And I know we were playing footsie or something under the table. You know, I mean, you don't know what to do. You're a kid. So you're just touching feet and different things like that. You know, just trying to. <laughs> feel your way through life a little bit. We ended up watching a movie. You know, I never told her I liked her. She never told told me that she liked me, but we were always together, you know. Um, and I think there was one time we were coming back from karate class, and some kid was ticking her off or whatever like that, and uh, she wanted me to hold the kid. You know, I felt wrong about it, but she wanted me to hold this kid, so I'm holding this kid. I got this kid in like a full Nelson. And she's hitting this kid. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, yeah, not that the brightest moment. We were kids. Um, you know, I wasn't 13 at that time. It was probably like, I don't know, 10, 11. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy what you remember from your childhood. I remember one thing that stood out. Um, I was coming back from karate one day, and there was a butterfly, this beautiful butterfly. I want to say it had, like, yellow wings, and it was just flying around. And I wasn't even going to tell you this story, but... um. We'll just say something happened to the butterfly, uh, not of itself, um, by my own action. And I don't know, something just came over me. I was watching it, and then I ended up with this like killer instinct, just stalking this butterfly. Crazy, crazy. But I mean, you're a child, you know. You don't you don't know what you're doing. You're just trying to figure things out. But I know after whatever happened happened, I felt bad. Never did it again. So every time I see a butterfly now. I move out of the way because I realize if you touch a butterfly, then they can't fly anymore. I don't know what that is. Maybe it's something on their wings. I think there's some scientific explanation behind it. But if you see a butterfly, don't touch it because it won't be able to fly again. Um, what else? Some of the things me and my uh, family used to do, we used to go to this place called um, Naha Roller Wink. So this is way back in the day when people still had roller skates and, um, you know, with the four wheels, not roller blades. I don't even know if people roller skate now. Do you roller skate? I don't know. But we had the four wheels, and there was a place called Naha Roller Wink. So every now and then on the weekends, uh, my parents would take my sister and I uh, to this place, and they would, you know, play music, pop music, uh, Japanese music, sometimes American music. And you just skate around in circles. But they had this uh, half pipe there. I don't know the guy's name, but he was so cool because he was going up and down the half pipe, and he would do a backflip or a front flip and skate backwards and do little twists and stuff at the top. And, you know, I was a kid, so I was just watching this guy in awe, you know, like, wow, you know, when I get older. 
But when I got older, I didn't get back into any skates. I, I haven't skated since Okinawa. But I did get into skateboarding. Skateboarding was my thing. Um, I remember Tony Hawk. Uh, he was the big, the big cheese at that time. Uh, we had this guy named Boomer in high school. Um, well, I'll say Boomer in high school because... Over there, I went to uh, all the way up to Leicester Middle School. So they had the middle school in, they had the middle school, but when I was in, okay, let me, let me get it right. Hold on, one second, one second. Let's see. Eighth grade was Leicester Middle School. I went to Kubasaki High School in the seventh grade because they hadn't built the um, middle school yet. So when I was in seventh grade, I was skateboarding, sixth grade, fifth grade, whatever. But in seventh grade, uh, I used to skate with some of the older kids because I would ride the bus, you know, to high school, even though I was in middle school. They just hadn't built our school yet. Um, and ollieing was the big thing. Uh, I think he had, like, the highest ollie or whatever, you know, when you stack the skateboards up four or five tall, and then somebody just ollie over them. We would do tricks and stuff like that. Um, a kickflip was the big thing. I think it's still the big thing. It's, like, the biggest trick any beginner or novice skater can do is a kickflip because it's not just the ollie where you pop the board and jump a curb, but this is like when you pop the board and you make it flip and then you land it. Um, method, I think I was able to do a method, a judo. I never got into the, the half pipe because I was too scared to drop it. I mean, it's one thing to see it on TV, you know, the X Games and things like that, but until you are standing up there with your board getting ready to drop in, I mean, it's just a whole nother, it's a whole nother thing. It's all mental. I'm sure some of you out there probably skateboarded before, dropped in on a half pipe, but yeah, it was a big deal for me, but I spent a lot of time skating. Uh, I broke a few skateboards trying to do tricks that uh, I saw in a few skate videos that we were able to find. You know, people, when they would come from the States, they would bring, you know, music and skateboards. So it was always neat uh, when you're in school and somebody would just come in you'd be like well where are you from they're like well I'm from California where are you from well I'm from Germany and they would bring their cool stuff because see in Okinawa it's it's kind of closed off you know you're a kid so you don't really know where to go you only hear what you hear from your parents or what you see at school so when someone comes in you know fresh from California from the states because everybody didn't spend as much time as I did over there so they would just come and uh like red hot chili peppers there was this kid he had this weird haircut I mean he just stood out because nobody was looking like that. He had all his hair shaved, pretty much. And then he had this bang in the front. That's when bangs were popular. He had this long bang in the front. And he would listen to Red Hot Chili Peppers all day uh, on the bus. He would just have his headphones on and just blast him. I think I listened to it, hung out with him a few times. But he was, um, I guess he's one of those troubled kids. Looking back, I could tell he was one of those troubled kids. But at that time, I didn't know. I just thought he was cool. Um, what else was going on over there? skateboarding, karate, roller skates. Um, oh, I remember my sister started um, driving. That's where she learned to drive over there. Uh, there was a funny situation. We were, I think, going to Sane. It's this little market, rink, mall, whatever you want to call it over there in Japan. And we were driving. Well, she was driving. I was riding, you know, passenger seat strapped in. She was probably like 16 at the time, you know. And, um... There was a June bug. I don't know if you know what a June bug is, but it's that bug that flies around in June. It's green. It makes all that noise, and they just, for some reason, want to fly in your face. Well, anyway, we're driving, probably doing about 25, 35, and this June bug flies in the car. 
and my sister freaks out. I mean, she's like swerving. She's in my seat now. She's driving the car, so she's all over in the passenger seat like, get, 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 get it, get it. I'm like, yo, <laughs> somebody take the wheel because it was crazy. We were almost going to wreck the car over a June bug. She cannot stand bug. Kwan, if you're listening, you can't stand bugs. She still can't stand them to this day. Um, but that was a funny situation. Uh, let's see. What else was going on over there? Oh, yeah, Okuma. That was the place we used to go. Let's take a break and uh, we'll talk about Okuma. Okuma was a, um, a family resort. Um, you know, something for the, the older crowd, but at the same time, you could bring your kids. It's kind of like Pepper Tree here in the States. I don't know if you guys have any timeshare situations uh, in your country or wherever you live, but Okuma was basically, I want to say as a timeshare or maybe just something they rented, like a villa, I don't know. But it was by the water. Uh, well, I mean, of course, Okinawa is an island, so it's surrounded by water, but it was by the water. And basically, you rent like a house or something for a week or maybe longer but whenever my dad was able to take a vacation you know he would take us out there the whole family me my mom and my sister and um we would go out there and you had snorkeling you could fish i mean you could just walk outside now i was a kid i mean you could walk outside go wherever you wanted you didn't have to worry about anything because there was no crime like there is here in the state i mean you didn't have like police officers you didn't have any of that stuff even downtown it was just no crime I mean, you, you, it's rare to find a place like that. Um, you know, kid, you could just walk for a mile. Nobody's going to mess with you. It's open out. But at the same time, I don't know what it is today. But back then, I mean, military, if you mess with somebody in the military, then, you know, the, the locals would be in serious trouble. Or if a military person messed with the local, then they would be in serious trouble. So it was kind of a little that little barrier, that protection barrier there, I guess, between the governments or the legal system, whatever. I was a kid. Anyway, uh, let's see. They had these little um, buggies you could rent. It was like a four-person buggy, but it was pedal-powered. So I remember um, my dad, uh, he used to be big into recording videos. So he had this big old-school camera. I mean, you would think he was shooting a movie with this camera. You know, he had to put it on his shoulder. You know, you look through the eyepiece. And he would record us uh, out there riding in the buggy. And I would jump off the buggy run like MacGyver and try to jump back on it, jump on the back of the buggy, and we had swings, and they also had a um, a casino, yeah, which was pretty cool, uh, they had a casino on the, um, they had this little NC, I think it's NCO club, uh, on, at Okuma for, for the adults, so basically, uh, they could, you know, while the kids are sleeping, the parents could go into this little diner or club thing and they could, you know, smoke cigarettes, drink or whatever like that. But they also had these slot machines. But the cool thing about it was the kids could go up there and play the slot machines. So me and my sister, every now and then, we'd get a dollar or two, go up there and play the slot machine. Uh, they had pachinko machines. Pachinko is really big over there in Japan. Um, yeah, it was, it was a good time. I mean, like I said, I, I would say... My childhood in Okinawa definitely gave me, I would say, not say an edge, but it definitely gave me an experience that most kids growing up in the States will never have because things were very different, especially on a military base. Um, things were very different. I mean, you had certain freedoms. You could do things. You didn't have to worry about the things that you have to worry about now. 
even as an adult, I mean, I wouldn't go outside uh, here in the States today and just walk around aimlessly, you know, with, with no direction, without worrying about something going on. But in Okinawa, you were able to do that, especially on base. You didn't have nothing to worry about. So, I wouldn't trade it for anything. But, um, yeah, that's a little bit about my childhood. I'd be interested in hearing about yours. What kind of things did you do? Um, if you don't want to send in a video message or an audio message, maybe just think to yourself or try to talk out loud. What kind of things did you do in your childhood? Are you able to talk about how it was growing up, what kind of friends you had, what you did, your favorite activities, your family, uh, if you moved back and forth? Um, storytelling is just one of those great things about learning a language because it's like you get to retell it again with <laughs> with new uh, renewed vigor, uh, new experiences, because you have to express things differently in another language. So, I don't know what background you're coming from. Maybe you're coming from Chinese, learning English, or you're coming from Spanish, learning English, but this is a little bit of how I express things, and most natives do, uh, when they talk about their childhood. And I think I'll stop it there. I hope you enjoyed it, and I'll see you in the next one.